Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. There's so much that happens at Thrive, and a lot of times you don't get to see the face behind the scenes. But uh, Victor uh, was part of the original core team of 25 people at Chesterfield. Him and his sister Daisy, as Daisy was our first worship leader. Um, step up here, dude. Come on, quit being shy. Um, and he played drums, piano, and then he also really dug into how to do media. He didn't know how to do media, wasn't very sure about it. He went on his own and learned how to do all this media stuff. He's now what I call a guru. But Victor goes to Liberty University. And at Liberty, he still does our media. So everything you see on the screen, Victor puts together. Um, he still serves Thrive from there. He is, I'm so proud of this young man uh, going to Liberty. And what degree are you pursuing again? What's the? It's IT with mo- web and mobile programming. Okay. IT, web, and mobile programming? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, so when you guys see videos, think of Victor. He does it. Pray for him. He goes back to college. We're proud of you, man. We love you. And I mean, it was four years ago that I first came to Virginia. Victor was a, was a, young, was a young lad at that point. Now he's a, he's a young man. Uh, today you've joined us in actually week 10 of a series um, called His Voice. We've been looking at 1 Samuel now for um, at 10 weeks. Next week will be our last week in uh, the book of 1 Samuel. And then we'll jump into a four-week series called Family Values, dealing with our Thrive Church values. There are four major values that thrive, that drive us, that push us, and we're going to look at those four values, but today we're going to be in 1 Samuel, if you have your copy of God's Word, uh, 26, 1 Samuel 26, verse 5, 1 Samuel 26, verse 5, and today I want to just talk to you about doing it God's way. You have a chance to do it your way, the world's way, or do it God's way, and I want to kind of share that with you. If you are from my generation, and maybe if you're younger, you've heard of it, I'm 37, so I've got some of you beat, and some of you got me beat, there's a movie called Rocky, ever heard of the Rocky movies? All right, who hasn't seen the Rocky movies in here? Any of them? Okay, see, like, like that always happens. I have my uh, 19-year-old sister-in-law living with us, and she doesn't know any of the great 80s movies. I was like, you've got the Netflix at Hulu, whatever you guys do at that age, do it. you got to watch it. But in the 80s, there was this standoff between Ivan Dragoff, if you guys remember him, and Rocky. And if you remember the movie, it was um, where Apollo Creed and Rocky had fought, and Rocky beat Apollo, became friends. Remember James Brown, living in America. Okay, if you don't remember that, you got to watch it. And so the next movie, like, uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Demi did a falsetto. And so um, you have Rocky and Ivan Dragoff at a standoff because Ivan Dragoff killed Apollo Creed. And that's like, I don't know about you, but as a kid, I cried. It's like, no, as he fell to the mat. And Rocky was really upset. And what you find out is Ivan Dragoff was using performance-enhancing drugs. He's been shot up with, like, the muscle. He was just big and strong. He, you know, he's Dolph Lundgren, if you want to look him up, you know, on the web. And he was this big, and I did not like Ivan Dragoff. And I was like, hey, you know what? I was like, Rocky, whatever it takes, you take him down. That's like when, the, when America and the, and the Soviet Union were, were at odds. Remember that? And so it was America versus the USSR. So we were just like... Yeah, that's right. You take them down. Whatever it takes. Rocky, if you got to shoot up some drugs, you do it. As a kid, I was like, whatever it takes, you take this guy out for killing Apollo Creed. But about that movie, one thing that really struck me is Rocky didn't fight like Ivan Dragoff fought. 
Rocky didn't take drugs to do it. He literally trained and did it the right way. And at the end of the day, Rocky beat Ivan Drogoff. I'll never forget it's one of the happiest times of my life as a child uh, when that happened. And, but one thing that you see in that is that Rocky did it the right way. He literally was like, you know, I'm not going to fight fire with fire. You know, this guy's cheating. This guy's doing things wrong. This, this, this guy's doing things against the rules. I'm going to fight fair. I'm going to do it the right way. Now today what we're going to look at is the ultimate Ivan Drogoff and Rocky standoff. Where you have Ivan, where you have a David and Saul against each other. And you have, you'll get to see David have a chance to do it the wrong way. He has a chance to do something that God would not permit to get his way. And what we've been looking at, you saw Samuel the prophet in our first, you know, several weeks. And then you see Saul rise up and he was the first king in the history of Israel. Israel, So if you're into history, you can study that. And Saul was a wicked king. Saul didn't do many things right. Well, then you see Samuel anoint David and David's going to be the next king. But from that point forward, Saul gets upset with David. And so Saul chases David, most scholars believe, for 14 years through caves. So David's being chased by this guy. And think about it. God anoints him as king and then he's being chased the whole time. Gee, thanks God. This is great. Don't anoint me as king ever again. Um, So 14 years he's being chased through caves. And I want you to think about this. Saul has all the people of Israel at his disposal. He has the weaponry. He has the people. He has the the funds to chase this poor man. Where David had, really the Bible called a band of worthless men that followed him. That's not fair, is it? It's not fair that a king chases a guy that, that God had anointed as the next successor after him. But what I want you to see here is that, um, is that David could have done it wrong, but he does not do it wrong. I want you to see what happens in 1 Samuel 26, 5-11. He chooses Rocky's way, which Rocky came after him, but he chooses that way. Um, it says in verse 5, David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to look around. Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army, were sleeping inside a ring formed by the slumbering warriors. Verse 6 says, Who will volunteer to go in there with me? David asked Ahimelech the Hittite and Abishah, son of Zerah, Joab's brother. And watch this. I'll go with you, Abishah replied. Everybody needs one of those people in their life, Abishah. I'll go into the enemy's camp with you, man. I got you. It's like a mark, you know. Whatever you need, man, let's do it. Um, So David and Abishah went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep. Watch this. Watch this. With his spear stuck in the ground beside his head. So so I want you to imagine this. It's night. They sneak in. They're tiptoeing around and they see Saul. He's like... He's sleeping. I mean, are you thinking what I'm thinking? They're like, we can take him out right now. This wicked, evil king who's trying to kill us, we can take him out. So they, they sneak up there, and Abner and the soldiers were lying asleep around him. Now, if this was Hollywood, here's what would happen. All right, I, I'm, I'm going to give you some options here. David's men are waiting outside the camp, so in case war breaks out, they're coming in to help their boy, right? So they go in, and here's what Hollywood would have done. Abishai would have picked the spear up. And slammed it through Saul's head. David would have cut his head off. And David would have walked out to his men. And said I reign. His men would be like. Rah! And then we would be like yes justice has been served. The 
that's what we would like. That's what Hollywood would teach us, right? And we would be all like happy, kind of like when Ivan Dragoff got beat, but Rocky did it the right way. But don't you watch what David does? David doesn't do that. The spear and the jug are beside Saul's head. This guy is trying to kill David. I want you to see what happens. This is where things take a turn and Hollywood doesn't get their, their way. Verse 8 says this. God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time, Abishai whispered to David. Just because somebody tells you this is God doesn't mean it's God. Just because a friend tells you, hey man, I think think this is God. Not all your friends are right. Even in the Bible, there were some friends that weren't right, right? Um, And watch this. He says, and Abishai says, let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't even need to strike twice. Yeah, see, we're like, yeah, that's right. Take this dude out. Verse 9, it, it says, David says, no, don't kill him. But watch this. For who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday or he will die of old age in battle. But the Lord forbid that I should kill the one that he has anointed. But take his spear and that jug of water beside his head and let's get out of here. And David did that on purpose. He wanted Saul to know, hey man, I love you. I could have taken you out. I could have jabbed the spear in your head. So when Saul wakes up and his spear and his jug are gone and none of his soldiers did it, he's like, David was here. David was here. David could have took me out. And David wants to send a message that I love you and I'm not going to take you out. See, David did it according to God's principles. See, I mean, and he would have to violate the very law of God to kill Saul. For thou shalt not kill. They had to slam there um, and slam that spear through his head. That would have been violating God's principle. But David chose not to do it that way. He chose to do it right. And many times in our lives, don't you think about whatever you're going through, or maybe you've been through something where somebody has cheated you, somebody has done you wrong, somebody has, has really fought unfair, but you've had to choose to fight back in a fair manner. Because the big idea is this, and here's what David, and you see the principle that he lives out is this. Here's what David's echoing to us. Violating God's principles, watch this, for our own personal gain never ends well. Violating God's principles for our own personal gain never ends well. And see, you're in a, in a culture, in a society, you're bombarded with media that teaches you get revenge at all cost, no matter what. Right? No matter, it's all about me, right? When that generation was all about me. The W-I-I-F-M, favorite station, what's in it for me? We all live by that station. Our culture tunes us in that station. And when somebody does you wrong, you get that cortisol pumping through your brain and your body like, ah, I'm going to take them out. And you start arguing on Facebook with them. You start going after them. And you're like, you know what? No matter what, I want them to suffer for what they've done to me. And sometimes, let's be honest, we violate God's principles to do that. I don't know what that means for you. I don't know where you've been at. But I know that we, uh, in, uh, in our DNA, since the Garden of Eden, when mankind sinned in the garden, we're marred by sin, we just have this built into us. We're not naturally forgiving people, right? We're not naturally just, hey, you know what? It's okay. God, just like David said, one day justice will be served. We're like, no, you know what? Vengeance is mine, saith me. <laughs> That's how we usually respond to things because that's built into our DNA. And even after you become a Christ follower, even after you begin to follow Jesus, you have to allow the Lord to help you to live it according to his principles and not your own. Don't you realize the problem is that when you want revenge and you're going to do it any way possible, 
That's never part of the solution. You will never, ever see God's justice served. You'll never, ever see God's righteousness served if you're going to do it your way. I know uh, being a pastor, there's times when, when I will sit with someone, you know, that's going through court battles. And they're in a custody battle. I remember one particular situation. Sweet couple who loves Jesus. And they're such a good couple. And the mom is living with a boyfriend. The child has to sleep on a couch. They're doing drugs. The child has told them. And the girl lies and has, has lies and lies. And this poor couple doesn't get custody. And this little boy is stuck in a, a drug-ridden house sleeping on a couch. Is that fair? That's not fair. No, I mean, we all, we all sit there in that court and we're like, hey, this is not, this is not right. Lord. You know, and so then it, it kind of crosses your mind. Well, then should we fight unfair too? That's what the couple, should, should we try to, to do something to get revenge? Should we do this? I said, no, do it right. When you fight to fight the right battle, I said a few weeks ago, learn to fight the right way. But you've seen that happen. Uh, there, there's another couple, again, that, that, that I, I, I journeyed with, and they had to pay child support to someone who wasn't even had, didn't even have the kid. And you're thinking, this is not right. Justice, revenge. I've seen this time and time again. Uh, even in my own life, that's something, I'm going to tell you something. I am not the like loving, forgiving type. Like you poke me in my eye, I'm going to poke you back in your eye. That's just the way I grew up, right? That's just the way naturally I grew up. And so when something happens to me, I want to boom, get them, I want them to, I want them to feel it. Right? I mean, did you, do you guys not, are y'all just that holy where you don't do that? Or is it just me? Because I am like totally like making a fool of myself up here. But, but that's the way I'm built. My wife and I, we talk about this. We want to take that person out. We want them to get their just dessert. We want them to get theirs. And sometimes there's a temptation to do it the wrong way. You know, they, they start lying about you. They start going after you. You want to start going after them. All right, you do that, I'm going to do that. But what I've learned is this. God's justice will be served. They may get away with this for this little, this little blip on the radar. You know, you know, 70, 80, 90 years, even 100 is nothing compared to millions of years in eternity, right? And we were all standing before the Lord. And you've got to realize in those situations, just like David said, don't worry. He said, I don't have to put a spear through his head. God's got him. And I refuse to fight unfair in this situation. You have to believe that God is our righteous judge. Uh, and you know, uh, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, dear friends, never take revenge. So when do you take revenge? Help me, boys and girls. When? Never. When? Never. That's crazy, isn't it? Thousands of years, years later, Paul writes this. He says, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, and this is God, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. I mean, if we took this stance when we're treated unfairly, when we're treated unjustly, if we took this stance, what would our lives look like? I do believe your stress levels would go way down, right? Because when you get angry, there's actually, you know, a chemical that pumps through your body called cortisol. And if you're able to say, Lord, you got this. I trust you. You're the righteous judge. And I refuse to, if they break a bottle on, on the concrete and want to fight me with it, I refuse to do that. 
I will, I will stand. I will fight fair. I will not stoop down to them because this is your battle. It's not my battle. And we, if we took this idea and lived it out, man, I believe our lives would look radically different. I believe the way um, that, that, that we even treated others that did us wrong would, would make the world say, man, Christianity is actually really, really appealing. Wow. So like... That whole thing Jesus said about they slap you and they and then turn up the cheek, we actually start living that out. I think people be like, well, how can you do that? How can you just turn up the cheek? How can you be like, I'll tell you how. I serve the one true living God who is the righteous judge. And this little blip on the radar is nothing compared to eternity. And we will all stand before God. And this person will answer for what they've done. I pray that God have mercy on them. And they're like, wow. Because I just want to go take them out. That's how the world thinks, right? But I believe our lives would look radically different if we begin to understand that violating God's principles for our own personal gain, maybe it's your reputation. I've got to protect my reputation. No, you don't. God will take care of your reputation. If you take care of your character, if you're a person of character, if you're a person that, that, that keeps your, your T's crossed and your I's dotted, let me, let me tell you, God will take care of you. And lies will fall by the wayside if you're a person who lives by truth. And so what I want to do today quickly is do this. I want to help you. Because I guarantee some of you are in this situation right now. Some of you are in a situation, somebody's fighting unfairly, there are things being said about you, there are things being done to you, and you're like, man, I'm just having a tough time learning how to respond. I want to help you. But some of you are going to walk into this this week. Do not ignore the little bald man. Because, like, like when it comes, I hope that, like, this little bald head will come to your memory. You'll be like, okay, okay, fight fair. God has revenge. Um, I don't need to violate his principles. It won't end well. Okay, let, let God. I hope that's what happens. That's my prayer this week for you, is that this little bald head will come to your memory. So how do we do this? How do we resist the urge to violate God's principles for our own personal gain? How do we do this? Number one is this. The first principle is God is not mocked. What we sow, we shall reap. God is not mocked. What we sow, we shall reap. That's straight from the writings of the Apostle Paul. I had one guy say it this way. What you make happen for others, God's going to make happen for you. What you make happen for others, God's going to make happen for you. And so be careful what you sow. Um, or anybody, is there anybody who, who, who plants flowers? Anybody who does gardening in here, right? Anybody who does that? Nobody. This is, we're in the city here. You don't do anything. Um, well, I grew up in front of a cornfield, right? And sometimes it was soybean every four or five years. But what you have to understand is that there was a length of time where there was nothing in that field. It looked like they planted seeds there. And like nothing was there. And then they, the seeds began to sprout. And then corn came up. And we all played in the corn and did that and took corn and threw it at each other. And my uncle got really mad because that's how he made money. Um, but that's what we did. We got to enjoy the harvest that we had. Do you realize your life is made up of seed and harvest? What you sow. Some of you, what you sowed, you're now reaping. And you've seen that in harvest. You didn't have to deal with it. Made some bad decisions. You know, I, and, and I explain it this way to people. I have people all the time come and say, well, you know, I'm with this guy or this girl. And that's just blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but you made the decision. You just have, you got to just ride the harvest out and then make better decisions next time you got to plant because every year we had a chance to plant. And so when you sow seeds, realize you're going to have a harvest. And a lot of times what you sow, you're going to return. So if you want grace from people, what do you sow? Grace to people. If you want grace, you sow. This is a principle of marriage too. Let me tell you, it works. If you want to receive love from someone, what do you sow? 
You can't be hardened and like, I don't care. I ain't going to do anything. Well, then you're not going to see. What you want, you've got to sow. The harvest you want to see, you've got to give. And how you treat other people in those circumstances will come back also to either bite you or help you. Let me say, this is not a fairy tale. I remember um, when my, my first pastorate, when I planted my first church, um, there was a couple who went through a really difficult time. And uh, yeah, this couple today is still serving the Lord. You know, I, I love, um, love them dearly. I saw them when I was in Florida. I had dinner with them. And uh, this one of the first people who came on our core team. They went through a tough time. And there was another couple in the church begin to condemn them. I mean, come after them and critical and judgmental. And I'm going to tell you something, man. The Lord... Well, as I was talking to, to this guy on the phone, as he was condemning this, uh, going after him, I said, hey, let me just say this, man. I, I, I'm a little worried. He says, why is that? I said, because do you realize the same measure of judgment you're putting on them is going to be returned to you? And Jesus says it this way. Press down, shaking together, and running over. As critical as you are to others and judgmental, it's going to be returned to you. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to say that. I, I just didn't. I just felt like that. I said, just be careful, man. I mean, you, you may need to be a little, little you know, mercy triumphs over what? Judgment. The Bible says that. Let me tell you what happened. This is, this is crazy. Within three months, this dude was smoking crack that was condemning them. He was living in the woods in a tent. And he had a ministry. He had this big recovery ministry. They had a great, big, nice house. He, he goes to his wife's house and destroys it with a hammer. The granite is all destroyed. The cabinets are all... Not, I mean, the house is like a total loss. Their marriage fell apart. His life fell apart. Um, you know, I, I, I caught some follow-up with him. He's still doing drugs. Everything fell apart. And the other couple, they were condemning and they were judging. They're being critical of. Guess what? They're serving the Lord in ministry. You've got to be so careful when you're critical and judgmental and nitpicking. Because I'm telling you, the Bible says, boom, what you sow, you'll reap. And be careful because we all go through difficult times, don't we? We all go through seasons we don't have it all together. And you watch you sow, you'll reap. And so um, if you want to resist the urge to violate God's principle and be judgmental and critical and harsh and ah, negative, say, you know what? I don't want people to treat me that way. How would I want to be treated if I was in that position? And that's what I thank God. When I have people in ministry, people who are over me, you know, I want to treat them as I want to be treated. And I always think about that. So God is not mocked. Watch you sow, you will reap. So when you get ready to fight unfair and do that, pause for a second and say, Oh, I kind of don't want to reap this, so I'm not going to sow this. And let me share this with you. If, you're always, if you always have a certain harvest in your life, Pause and see what type of seeds you're sowing. If there's always drama, if there's always bad relationships, what type of seeds are you sowing? If you want to change your harvest, you change your seeds in your life. Change what you're doing. The second one is this. So how do you resist the urge? Value and honor all people. Value and honor all people. And this is one of our four major values at Thrive. Like this is one of the things that we, and you'll hear next month, honor. It's not, don't, it's not honoring the pastor. I don't need a gold throne to sit on. I don't need grapes to eat during worship. I don't need people to honor me and give me a clap of praise as I walk up and some churches do. You know what I want to see? I want to see a church where people honor each other. Where people love and respect each other. And if you're going to resist the urge... To, to, to violate God's principle, this matters. That's what David did. Well, what did David say? He said, how can I do this to the Lord's anointed? How can I do this to the king? Well, in essence, he was saying, I value and I honor the king. 
I, I don't care how he's treated me. I value and I honor him. Let's think about the movie, Rocky. Rocky valued Ivan Dragoff. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to fight him that way. If I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose fair and square. But I'm not going to begin to fight unfair to get back at him. And I think we have to have an essence to value and honor all people. Especially when you get in conflict. How do you fight when you get in conflict? Do you value and honor that person or you, do you dishonor them? Do you fight honorable or do you fight dishonorable? And here's the third point. How do you resist the urge to fight unfair? Understand what God's real blessing looks like. Understand what God's real blessing looks like. Because in America, we think being blessed is having an abundance of stuff, don't we? We think the Rolex, Mercedes, boom, we're blessed. Well, Saul had more stuff than David, didn't he? Did he not have more stuff than David? He had the whole kingdom at his disposal. We would think in America, Saul's blessed. But really, David was the one that was blessed. David had contentment. David had joy. David had uh, peace in his life. And Saul didn't have that. And if you want to see God's real blessing rest on your life, you have to resist the urge to fight unfair, to cheat others or cheat the system in your life. See, God's, God's blessing is not material junk. It's having joy that you can enjoy life. It's having contentment. Like Paul said, whether I have a lot or a little, I'm content. I can be content in all things through Christ. It's having peace knowing that you are at peace with God. It's desire and commitment to share the love of Jesus because you love Jesus so much. Don't try to cheat, lie, and steal your way to material gain because you will never get what you're actually looking for in that. It will always come back to haunt you. Understand what God's real blessing looks like. You've got to resist the urge to do it the wrong way. I I remember for me, before I got saved, I was the ultimate example of this in a negative manner. Uh, There were a few of us skateboarding. I was not a believer. I was not a Christian. I didn't even go to church, right? And so there there was a few of us skateboarding in town. And there was this guy that rode by on his bike one day. And he called us. We had like purple hair and mohawks and all that. And so he's like calling us all these these expletives and, you know, uh, bigoted names and all this stuff. He was just throwing this stuff at us and saying it. And we're like, oh, yeah. So we kind of took his number down. Old man, red bike. He's probably 50. Beard. So we drove by one day in our car. He's on his bike and he's like cussing at us again. I was like, I'm going to show you how it's done. Now, what should have I done right there? What should I have I done, huh? He was an old drunk man on a bike. What should I have done, church? Yeah, don't worry about it. But, but no, that's, that's not us. So, my friend gets out of the sunroof. He takes the, the glass Mountain, do- Mountain Dew bottle and he throws this guy and hits him right in the head. And we're like, ha, 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 yeah, we got you. Ha, 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 And we didn't do it right. So, we drive back by the guy again to hit him with a Pepsi bottle. Now watch this. Now, you, 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 what, what I learned from that. As we're driving, he gets off his bike. And we're like, ha, 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 This guy picks this huge metal bike up and throws it into our car. Or my car. The whole front end of this little Honda Prelude, 1987 Honda Prelude, is just demolished in the front. And we get out, we're like, oh my God. And he takes on his bike and he's gone. So what I do is like, yeah, that's right. I'm going to carry him to court with this. I'm going to carry him to court. I'm going to get him. You watch this. So we get in court and we're all like, yeah, 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 yeah. And we even lied with our story to try to get it our own way. We're, again, we weren't believers. 
And we sat in there. I mean, I had a $1,500 worth of damage in my car. I needed money to get it fixed. My mom and dad are in there with us. And the judge tells me, he says, you know, you should have never thrown a glass bottle at this man. He was attacked by you first. And now you're trying to bring him to the, to the court? To, to... I'm sorry, boys. You need to learn a valuable lesson here. You sowed this. You reaped this. Have a good day. Court's adjourned. And I'm just like, what? And I realized something though. That, that, that judge that they taught me, when you want to fight unfair, when you want to go after something and do it the wrong way, justice will eventually be served. I learned that a hard way. I had to work that off. To, you know, my dad made me work extra to pay those things off. When you, when you want to violate God's principles to get your own personal gain, it never ends well for you. And David understood that. David was still chased by Saul. Things didn't get magically better. It wasn't like David, you know, said, Hey, Saul, I love you. I could have killed you, but I didn't. It's not like Saul's like, Oh, you know, little hearts come flying and they hug each other. And no, it didn't matter to Saul. Saul continues to chase David. He continues to go after David. But you're going to see next week what happens to Saul. We're going to look at how, how Saul finished his life and it wasn't good. Saul died in a very dishonorable way. Saul did not finish well. And today, I don't know what, what you guys are facing. I don't know what you're going through personally. I don't know if somebody is, you know, at your job. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a friend. And you're like, man, I just want to get, oh, if I could just, you know, tell you what, I'm going to take them out. I'm going to take them out for doing that to me. Now, there, there are times you need to listen to me. You need to, to, to handle things in a court of law. There are times that you need to, to use the, the system that we have to do that. But you always fight fair and you resist to violate God's principles for your own personal gain. In the life that I live in, I mean, the life that I live in, let me tell you how hard this is. There are pastors in Richmond who take grant money and they write their car payment from it to drive their Mercedes. We're doing all we can to scramble to pay bills around here. And their churches are packed with people saying amen and going crazy. And they're literally, they're literally cheating the system. You don't pay personal bills with grant money like that. I hear stories all the time of this stuff. And I'm like, God, this, this is not fair. Couldn't I just like send a little thing to the IRS, God? And, kind of, and God's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you, just let me handle this. Just let me handle this. Don't, don't, don't be sticking spears in people's heads. I got this. I'll handle this. And so friends, whenever you feel like you're being done wrong, you're being cheated, things are being done, realize if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus, he's got your back. And you have two choices. Either God will get vengeance or you'll get vengeance. And let me just promise you right here, God's vengeance will be far worse than anything you could ever do to somebody on this earth to get back at them. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus and you've been done wrong, your righteous response is, God, this hurts. Um, I will, I'll, I'll take appropriate, fair action, but I'll let you have this. When people smear campaign on you on Facebook and they're saying things about you, don't try to respond and go after them. It's not worth it. Nobody's ever been convinced on Facebook of, of an argument. When people are lying about you and saying things about you, you bless them. The Bible says, bless those who persecute you. Bless your enemies. And by doing that, you're going to heap coals on their head. 
bless us. That's the message of the gospel. And so again today, I don't know what you're facing or what you're going through or maybe what you have had to go through with this situation. But I want to encourage you today as you leave this place, never violate God's principles for your own personal gain. And you fight fair. You let God be your righteous judge. And I guarantee that God will come through when he needs to. And you're going to see righteousness and justice. If not in this, in, not, 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 and not in this life, there's going to be a, a, the, the great white throne of judgment. And God's going to judge everybody according to their deeds, the Bible says. And you can, try, you can rest in that. That justice will be served. Justice will be served by the Lord. Let's pray. Father. no clue today, Lord, what all of us are going through in here, what we're all facing. But Lord, I do know one thing, that David gives us a great example, and thank you for King David showing us what it looks like when we have the chance to fight in fear. Thank you, Lord, that we have a picture of what it looks like to not take revenge in the wrong way. Thank you, Lord, that we have this account this historical account of David not sticking a spear through Saul's head, not having one of his uh, soldiers do it. But he blessed his enemy. He blessed him who persecuted him. We thank you for the promises, Lord, in Scripture today. As we're praying, church, and we're here today, uh, today just quietly praying, if you've come to thrive today and you know that you wanted to just commit your life to Jesus and give your life to Jesus today and you want to make that commitment and you're saying, Kevin, I came to thrive knowing that today's the day to give my life to the Lord. Maybe you're here to recommit your life to the Lord. That you want God to be a huge part of your life and you want to take a step of that. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to do something very simple. It's between me, you, and God to just lift your hand and say, Kevin, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to become a follower of the Lord Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to make heaven my home. Is there anybody today that says, man, that's, that's me in here. It's between me, you, and God. Amen. Anybody else? Right where you're sitting, here's how that happens. You just want you to pray this prayer after me. And if there's anybody else in here that maybe you didn't raise your hand, you're like, I just didn't want to raise a hand, you can pray this too. But it's a confession of faith to the Lord. And you're saying today, and you can pray this with me, God, I admit that I am a sinner. I know that. But I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again on the third day to cleanse me of all my sins. I believe that Jesus is Lord and today I confess that Jesus is my personal Lord. I surrender my life to Him. In your name I pray. Amen.